Welcome to Podvant Guard. I am Andrea Gazetta. I'm Katrina Davis. And I am Jordan Lee Williams. And today we're covering... Stuart Semple. Do you guys watch Letterkenny? I have. I haven't watched all of it, but I. it's such a weird show. It's so good. I love this I like show it. so much. The last couple seasons have sucked, but like the first few are amazing. But every time I was Googling something about this, I was just like, stir it. Stir it. That's all I've been thinking every time you say <laughs> name is start. <laughs> start. I feel like the main character of Letterkenny has the same energy as Tom a little bit. Yes. Yes. And so I think that's so... why I like him so much. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, he's so genuinely uh, kind and loyal and it's just, tender, it's but so will funny. fight you. Like that's the energy is yeah. like sweet, but will fight you. Like, I love it. Oh, absolutely. And it's all about like defending other people. Like that's why yeah. he fights. It's so good. <laughs> I, uh, it, it was weird when I started watching it. Cause like I, I grew up on a farm and watching that show, I was just like, oh, that's who they wanted me to marry. Oh, I get it now. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. My my mom grew up on a farm, and when she was 18, she still hadn't really, like, had a boyfriend due to some horrible things and trauma, but whatever. Uh, but her parents were like, oh, you're going to end up an old maid. We should set you up on a date. And the dude they sent her up on a date with was the kid who used to sit in the middle of a manure pile and hit himself over the head with a rock. That's who my mom's parents thought she should marry. So they set her up with like the town's Lenny and we're just like, we got you. That is like Old Testament scary. Anyways, I wonder why it's hard to be a woman or they were like we've got the perfect guy for you he was an extra in deliverance you're gonna love him (laughs) he has most of his original teeth well and can keep eye contact for a full five minutes before yeah oh no as someone who doesn't have many teeth uh i take umbrage with this (laughs) okay this is fair but you didn't lose your teeth by hitting yourself over the head with a rock. That is that is very true. Mine just were never there. <laughs> I This is how I know we're friends now, Jordan, because my first defense for you was to say, oh, stop, you've got plenty of teeth. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need those. Which you do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they're in a box on my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. Man. Welcome to Stuart Simple, you guys. Stuart. Yeah, start off uh, strong. <laughs> so I actually I wanted to start by um so not making an emergency call. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, I wanted to start by accidentally calling nine one one on my phone. SOS. Oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh my god. So Stuart Semple Stuart was born in 1980. I'm never going to be able to stop doing it. It's just like what 
oh yeah this episode is you guys i'm strap sorry. in listeners if you've never watched mad tv in the early 2000s i'm really sorry for you but is that's that what letter kenny was what on? this episode's gonna be laced with oh that's Stuart. never mind i was super confused oh yeah no i was thinking of a different uh so he was born in 1980. He's a, an artist in the UK. Um, he is probably my favorite example of activist art where like Pussy Riot is very cool and I like what they do. And the Gorilla Girls are incredible and amazing. But Stuart Semple is so petty and it's so funny. <laughs> It is really funny. I will I will definitely agree with that. Like the idea where you're just like, I'm going to start a business as a bit because fuck this guy. Like, that's hilarious. Oh, that's exactly. And he sold the, the first. So uh, basically culture hustle. And this is a this is a quote from his website, which is actually where I got everything that I didn't already know about the situation. I just was reading culture hustle dot com. Uh, Culture Hustle was founded by Stuart Semple in the belief that art is for all of us and we should be able to use the best materials. So he actually started this after he found out that Anish Kapoor had bought Vanta Black um, and had the sole artistic rights to it. And he was selling Pinkest Pink was the very first one that he developed. And that was selling for it was a... I think 30 gram pigment powder uh, for $3.50 because he just wanted to make sure that as many people as possible could get this product and use it. So have you pink- bought it? Have no, you ever used- I have. I have not. Uh, I almost got you glitteriest glitter. I'm, I can't <laughs> say that, but I, when I found glitteriest glitter, I was like, Oh, this is something Andrea needs immediately. <laughs> so I did buy the pinkest pink, but what I didn't <gasps> know is that you had to get like um you had to get um either you have to use it to mix with oil to make your own oil paint or you have to get some type of binder to add with it. I thought it came as yes. a usable paint and it comes as a powder. And so when oh. I got it, I was like I don't actually know what to do with this. And because I don't really use acrylic anymore and most of the stuff that he had was acrylic and it's been forever since I mixed my own oil paint, I haven't used it yet, but I do own it. Um, Wow. But it seems cool. It's like a cool color. But yeah, I haven't actually used it because I was like, I just want paint. I don't want to have to mix paint. I'm lazy. So that's part of why I haven't used it yet. That's totally fair. And it looks like now, because I've spent a lot of time on the website, um... They sell it as a pre-mixed thing now. Okay. I might um, buy it then. Because I'd like to, you know, I like to fuck around with that. It's it's a cool color for sure. It's so bright. I love it so much. So <laughs> this is this is where the aspects of why Stuart Semple is the funniest person alive come into play immediately. Uh from the website, if you <laughs> click on anything, if you Dude. if you are looking, what? No, I'm just glad you're saying this because I was already looking at the colors and laughing and screenshotting this trolley ass product description. 
Oh yeah, no, it's it's so much, and I've got so much to show you guys actually. Um, so from the website, if you add anything to your cart or you are looking to purchase any item, it says note by adding this product to your cart, you confirm that you are not Anish Kapoor, you are in no way affiliated to Anish Kapoor, you are not purchasing this item on behalf of Anish Kapoor or an associate of Anish Kapoor. To the best of your knowledge, information, and belief, this material will not make its way into the hands of Kapoor. Yeah. Okay, I have questions, Jordan, which is yeah. like the most individual version of the He-Man Woman Haters Club I've ever heard, where it's oh, just yeah. like, no Kapoor, Anisha's allowed. <laughs> no, it's it's fully hilarious. What? Okay, this is what I have questions about, because I know that yeah. he started this like pretty soon after Anisha Kapoor announced um, that he owned Vanta Black or whatever. He, he started his business, but like how... It's hard to start a business. So how did he do that exactly? So he, um, I mean, it seems like he just started making these powders and then he got other artists involved. So this was not a business venture when it started. Like I said, he was selling it for $3 and 50 cents or I'm sorry, three pounds. Uh, and it, you know, so it wasn't to make money. It was just to get this as into as many hands as he possibly could um, and I to mean, really troll Anish Kapoor. From what I read, he considered it at the beginning to be more of a, like an art, a performance art piece than yes. a, an art brand. Yes, that's mm, exactly. I can see that. Yeah, because it was But I not... guess what I'm wondering is like, how did he, I mean, how do you just produce a new paint color? Like, that's actually really hard to do. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know about pink is pink, but I know that when he developed Black 2.0, which was the initial uh, answer to Vanta Black, mm-hmm. he crowdfunded it. It was, oh, you could pre-order it. There was a GoFundMe. There was a, what is the one where you? Kickstarter? Yes, he did a Kickstarter. Where so, you have the goal to reach? Yeah. Yeah. So he has, he's done this a few times where he crowdfunds and gets a bunch of people involved to create a product. And I okay. think that what happened from what I can tell of the timeline is that he did so many of these like crowdfunded pigments that he eventually mm. was able to start <clears throat> making a business out of it. Um, Cause okay. he sells a ton of different art supplies. Um, and he also, a lot of it is directly in response to Anish Kapoor. Like, so <laughs> I'm going to share a picture with you guys. He literally the- turned hateration into a business model. <laughs> oh, he absolutely did. Um, here, I'm going to share this picture. This is definitely the pettiest <laughs> business after Larry starting a spite business on Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is like <laughs> second most petty. <laughs> so Stuart Semple has pink is pink. Um, and you have to go through that whole contract to clarify that you are not Anish Kapoor and this will not make its way to Anish Kapoor, yada, yada. 
So Anish Kapoor gets his hands on Pink is Pink. And he posts an Instagram photo of his middle finger dipped in the powder, the pink powder. So that's Anish Kapoor's hand. And he has dipped his middle finger and he's flipping the bird. So. um, I have to say that photo is the only reason that I know about Anish Kapoor or Stuart Semple. Mm. So I feel like. The the beef that that moment caused is how I heard right. about any of this. So it, in totally. a lot of ways, it's it's good for business for both of them, kind of, to have this. Art well, that's beef. what I was. Well, that's what I was thinking when you said Jordan that it wasn't intended as this. If in terms of, it does read like a individual, like conceptual art piece would yes because it's grabby as fuck all the like it's the marketing is super strong like he oh yeah built something with legs like it could it, the only way it wouldn't have become a business is if he didn't want it to be like all of this has such a strong foundation for what we kind of grab attention to in America oh, and absolutely. then on top of that to have real controversy with real meaning behind it it's like yeah you couldn't manufacture something to make an artist money this successfully this fast oh absolutely <laughs> it, feels, it kind of feels like when lesser known rappers like start <laughs> rap beef with Drake and you're like I've never heard of this guy but now I am following this rap beef just for the salaciousness angle. It's you know so funny. And Stuart Semple, he, I, I was just screenshotting this man's fucking petty behavior. So he posted. Uh, he created an event called Kiss the Bean for Anish Kapoor's birthday. Oh my and goodness. The this is pre-COVID, was, I'm hoping, right? Yes. No, no, no. This is years oh, thank ago. God. This is years ago. Um, <laughs> okay. This is like, yeah, this is after Kapoor buys the Vanta Black. The pink. And Semple creates the pink. This is... Uh, well, yeah, Jordan, this- you kind of started to mention it, but I don't know if you did fully go into like, how did Stewart get into this? Was this his first venture into like conceptual art like this no no he is a conceptual uh he is a conceptual artist he is a an artist working in the uk and he has been an artist working in the uk um he found out about vanta black because his mom read an article about it and told him and he was because she Uh was like oh they've created the blackest black that's ever existed (laughs) and he was like oh that's really cool like that's really interesting and then he found out that Kapoor had sole artistic it. rights to it so uh-huh. <laughs> that's what started also, him I on love this that. I love that Stuart heard about it the way we all hear about things from a <laughs> mom where they're just like oh I heard an article that seems like you would be interested in it and he was just like what the fuck <laughs> oh honey my mom to this day will cut physical articles out of the Rockford Register Star and mail them to me. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's So I'll get an envelope full of like 
Like, are you writing Full of a ransom you note? already read two weeks ago? Yes. Because the internet? That's so funny. Here's some it's stuff in case you want to remember hilarious. it later, I guess. Like, what are these for? Well, she'll even, so her work gets the Chicago Tribune. So she'll cut articles out of the Chicago Tribune. But because they're for, like, the doctor's waiting room office, she can't cut them until they're at least a week old. And then she collects them. So sometimes I'll get them several months after the news has happened. <laughs> Why is she sending you like a time, like a time capsule? Piece by piece. That's incredible. I love that. That's very it's sweet. Pretty. That's so funny. It's tender. So funny. I, I never tell her like I read this three weeks ago. I'm like, thanks, mom. Thanks for this wonderful news. <laughs> Thanks for this wonderful news from the past. This woman with rich relatives started a scarf company, and I thought you could use that as a business model. Okay, mom, thank you. Oh my gosh, That's so but sweet, also though. the alg- it's so like sweet. that lady's IG doesn't have enough followers. Like, how else are you gonna learn about her, Andrea? I exactly. Get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. No, no, that's totally, I love it. Um, so I, I kind of jumped around too fast because, so this is, this is probably my favorite pivot, is Kapoor gets his hands on Pinkest Pink, posts an Instagram photo of him with his middle finger dipped in the powder. So Stuart Semple creates the glitteriest glitter, which is made from glass dust oh whoa that's actually really dangerous that sounds bad (laughs) well so he creates it with a company it's not like he's just sitting by himself uh shaving glass uh he's he collaborated with an industrial chemical company um okay because he wanted to create the shiniest glitter that has never been used in art before um, I think that it was, oh yeah, dip your finger in this, Kapoor, <laughs> is my That's take really on funny. it. <clears throat> oh, wow. I like that. Because <laughs> he comes out with glitteriest glitter as a response to Kapoor's, uh, <laughs> photo. Um, Andrea's right though. These are his mixtapes. Yeah. They are. They absolutely, absolutely are. Uh, oh, guy? and because we've talked about stained glass, uh, I wanted to include this. Uh, Simple makes sure that the glass that he uses for glitteriest glitter has a 99.8 clarity. Okay. I don't know. So it's like, That's super what does clear. that even mean? It's for a super, super clear. So it means that That's so I mean. he, it's, he uses different size shapes of or shavings of glass so what happens is the uh-huh. light reflects on it but you can still <gasps> and see that's what through it wow see so you can see the color underneath because mm-hmm. the sparkles coming from the light not from a like iridescence or anything that's yes. like not see-through got yes. it got it got it got it Um, And most glitter is made of plastic and most glitter that you'll find in art is made from plastic. They're like, so the glitter from plastic is like a huge sustainability issue because 
a lot of times it becomes like a microplastic that gets into your water and fish eat it and stuff. Um, So that's part of why it's a big problem. Whereas like something made from glass is a more natural material. It's essentially you're creating like sand, but it does mean you should, if you're going to use it, probably wear like a mask while it's a powder because a powdered glass is an airborne silicate and it can scar your lungs. Um, Yes. And it's very dangerous. I don't think that this is just a powder. Um, I think that, let me see, because I was actually, I was reading about it. Oh, no, if you sprinkle this over your art. I thought that he had added that there was like a thing that it came in. But no, you're right. Because I was thinking about, I was thinking about that, Andre. It's like, you're just describing fiberglass kind of, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's not good for you. It's actually a huge problem. Um when you're doing glass fusing is the, you know, you're, you essentially have powdered glass and when it's airborne, um, it's something that might not show up for many years, uh, but it will physically scar your lungs and make it difficult to breathe and you can die that way. So it's a horrible way to go. Wear a mask. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, uh, I totally, I totally agree. Use, you wear a mask people. Anyway, uh, sorry, it's like a long, just, hey, safety guys, uh, but yeah. <laughs> so the glitteriest glitter, uh, this is from Stuart Semple's blog, uh, because I feel like it explains why I love him in a way that I can't articulate, I guess. Because uh, Anish Kapoor, literally, you guys heard it last episode. I turned into a fucking 12-year-old going, get out of my room. I fucking hate <laughs> that guy. And I can't help it. Um, so he, in his blog post announcing the glitteriest glitter, I love saying that because I can't say it. Um, he says, I'm ready to share it with anyone who wants to try it out and make art out of it. Well, almost everyone. Anish Kapoor isn't getting any. He's still at large holding the, (laughs) hoarding the world's blackest black all for himself. The big meanie. I love how Stuart Semple talks. He's such a dork. Nice. Uh, yeah, he definitely uh, is talking like we're in fifth grade and Anish Kapoor is not invited to his birthday party. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes if you look at certain products on his website, there will be like a, this is not for Anish Kapoor, smiley face. Like, it's just, it's so funny. That's what I was talking about. The product descriptions are so deliberate, but like, so like you were saying, written so simply that you can't no pun intended, Um, (laughs) that you can't be but so mad. Like, he's clearly upset, but like you said, he's being so uh, juvenile, but, like, juvenile, literally childlike. Like, no, you can't. And that, in a juxtaposition (laughs) to how we heard Anish talk last week, is like... And it's also, it's like, he is basically calling attention to how absurd the situation is, but he's never cruel about it. He's never like, fuck this guy. He fucking sucks. He's like, you're a big meanie. Art's supposed to be for everybody. I was going to say, even, I do feel like the way he said it about the, about the Vanta Black kind of 
explains why he cares at all is that he's keeping it all to himself. Like it's kind of, it's the kind of like indictment, like a public letter of indictment we don't see anymore. Like he's just nailing it to the church door and being like, this is exactly why I'm mad. He's being a jerk. Yeah. And so I'm going to read the rest of, not the rest of the blog post, but I'm going to read this part because this was the part I was going to get to that I think really explains and kind of drives the nail in about why why I personally think it is completely wrong to hoard any kind of artistic medium, regardless of what it is. Um, mm. So Stuart Semple says, I get it. Vanta Black is expensive and really complicated to use. However, Anish hasn't managed to make anything out of it yet. I really think the mm-hmm. best chance this material has of making an impact in art is for it to be opened up so the community can work out what to do with it. As an artist, I can't think of any other substance that I am banned from using just because I'm an artist. It's so wrong. It's so unfair. 3D printers were expensive and complicated, but due to the open source collaboration are now affordable and changing the world. This approach works for software and ideas. To move the culture forward, artists need to share what they have. So many artists have productions big enough to in- to innovate with Vanta Black, Hearst, Mirakami, Coons, uh, Ron Arad, Banksy, to name a few. This substance mm-hmm. belongs to the world, not just one artist. And I just think that that is such a brilliant way of calling out why yes. having having sole artistic rights to a thing is wrong because it's true. And I I said it last episode. Kapoor hasn't done anything with it. Someone could. Yeah, that's what's hilarious about it to me. <laughs> he still was being a nice guy by not harping on that. Because exactly. It's like, bitch, you haven't even done anything with it yet. Yeah. It's like you literally just want it. <laughs> For what? Like even the idea of his ego playing into it that like what? You don't want someone else to figure it out? Exactly. You would rather no one use it than have someone else figure it out. Like, well, that's exactly. On. I think what's really funny about Anish Kapoor at the end of the day is that the stuff he makes, the only thing cool about it is that it's just a lot of like material and effort. Like, I, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like you painted, you put Vanta Black onto like a conical form that you sculpted. Okay, cool, bro. Like, it's not inherently cool outside of its materiality. And so I think Mm. that Anish Kapoor is someone who is threatened by the idea that his art is easily reproduced. You know, if you have access to those materials and you have access to money, it's not that. You know what I mean? Uh huh. That totally makes sense. So I I think think that. I agree with, I mean, I agree with Stuart Semple. Like you don't need to patent something that you didn't even make. If you, if he made it himself, like if he was the only person to make it and he patented a color, he, or like a material that he scientifically invented. Okay, Mm -hmm. fine. I guess it's shitty, but yeah, you put the work in yourself, but it's not like Anish Kapoor even made the thing. I'm so, I am so happy that you brought up, uh making a color or you know making a color and then having soul rights to it uh because 
Simple also uh, released Easy Klein, which is a high pigment Klein <laughs> blue. Uh, so in 1960, the artist Klein registered the formula for his iconic international Klein blue, uh, which meant other artists couldn't use it. So Simple's entire business model at this point, and this is how he says it, is that he is democratizing art supplies. And I love that. And he's so putting much. the mock in mockratizing. <laughs> <laughs> he has I I saw recently that he was working on a Tiffany blue because yeah. they are very oh, specific yeah. about their color. Um, yes. But yeah, I just I love this idea of taking it. Yeah, because he says that he is obsessed with democratizing colors. And I just, I just love that. And I, it, the situation has had me thinking about a situation that I was in a few years ago. And I just, I wanted to pose the question to the group. Have you, maybe it would make sense if I go first. So when I was like 22, um, I went on a couple dates with this guy and he told me that he went to college for poetry and he, or maybe I was older than 22. Anyway, so he tells me that he goes to college for poetry and that he has a degree in poetry and that he cannot stand Instagram because so many more people now have access to poetry and to oh, write annoying poetry. And huh. when I told him that I didn't go to school for textiles, but I taught myself how to do textiles, he told me that that was what was wrong with social media was that people think that they are entitled to learn anything they want to. Oh, fuck that guy. What? I mean, don't fuck that guy, but like that guy fully sucks. <laughs> What? Was he a white dude with dreads, Jordan? He did not have dreads, but he was a white dude. Um, And he was very into the idea that a college education and a a skill that you have to pay for is the only valid way of doing anything. And it wasn't long after that situation that I found out about the Stuart Semple thing. So I think that that's part of why I am so like bonded to this man's story is mm-hmm. because I constantly was getting told, not just by him, like it's been a pretty consistent thing of being told that like the art that I make is wrong and the ways that I use materials are wrong and the the reasons behind why I make art are wrong and I just I was just curious if you guys had also had those experiences as someone whose therapist called them too punk rock for art school um (laughs) I also I mean like I went to art school and I was mad at the elitism and sense of like moral superiority that I would say a lot of both professors and students brought to art school 
it wasn't yeah. something that I found to be helpful or interesting. And I have never jived with the idea. Like, my stepdad is someone who never got a college degree, but literally built an entire house by himself. He designed it. He built it out of materials that he had available. Um, he taught himself how to mill wood. He's an incredible yeah. craftsman. And I would venture towards artist who doesn't have any sort of college degree and taught himself how to do all. He did electrical. He did concrete. He made our shower out of um, parts of an old bathtub. And he plated the end of it with the side of an oven that he found. Like he literally used found objects to create our house in inventive ways. And yeah. so to me, art and making is something that it's like if you just do the thing, you're doing the thing. You're an artist. That's it. You don't have to have a college degree. And at this point, I watched my friends go through three years of art school that they couldn't afford and have to drop out without a degree because they weren't born to wealth. And yeah. that is something that is viscerally upsetting to me. Um and art school, I learned some stuff there, but I would say I've learned more on my own and just from talking to other artists than I actually learned in art school at all. So I think art school can be elitist and shitty. And I think if you make art, you're an artist. And that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I Soapbox agree. over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my dad has a ninth grade education. Like he dropped out of high school after finishing I think two days of his ninth grade year um and he's the smartest person I know aside from my mom who's a literal rocket scientist but like it's just <laughs> it's crazy to me because people try to like you know Keith dropped out of high school too and people Keith didn't finish high school I didn't know that no no he dropped out and oh, wow. I just, I've had, when we started dating, I had a friend who I don't talk to anymore because she was so upset that I was dating someone who didn't even want to get their GED. And she was like, that just shows that he's never finished anything in his life. And I was like, well, how do you feel about my dad then? Because like my dad is brilliant. And constantly reading and constantly, I mean, like, when the pandemic hit, my dad started ordering textbooks on uh, pandemic research. Like, he started just reading textbooks about viruses and vaccines and, and stuff like that. Like, so I just, I've always, uh, I've always found it really interesting when people try to look down on other people for these things like well it's i think crazy. especially in america a college education is a privilege of wealth yes more than it is an indication of intelligence and i think yes you know you have to understand like wow good for you your parents gave you thousands of dollars and supported your poetry degree good for fucking <laughs> you dude but like uh -huh. not everyone is born to that privilege and the beauty of poetry and the beauty of s certain art forms, especially I would say like street art, um, yeah. sort of like self-made art 
art where you learn it from your friends, arts, art of that way, like crochet, craft-based work, all of those things are accessible to people in a way that I think is really beautiful. And I think it's looked down on by like institutions, but it shouldn't be, if that makes sense. Like, I think we need to yeah. legitimize all forms of craft and their potential to be fine art without mm -hmm. someone having to have a CV that has a shitty college on it. Because, like, <laughs> yeah. my college kind of sucked and they keep like asking me for money, so fuck them. <laughs> it's really weird to have an uh, idea that strong about... Um, I guess, what would you call like documented education? Yeah. Um, for something, because like you're saying, Jordan, your dad will go out and have the, um, the wherewithal on his own to probably take in more information on a topic than you would get in a class that even is available at a class at a college or that you would have to be in a certain major to get or whatever yeah. it is. So you automatically put yourself in a very specific box when you go to college. I mean, at least I'm sure it's different than when I went, but it's like you still are picking some kind of Avenue, which especially as an artist, it's like, okay, I picked, picked a major, decided that I wanted to be a graphic designer, but I had a exact amount of time and money that I could be in college. So I taught myself graphic design and just bought Photoshop, like had even the investment of telling my parents, like, look, I can maybe make extra money if I can get people to like have me design stuff for them. And then like buying me Photoshop and just teaching myself layers and how all that worked because I didn't have enough money to take the class and yeah. not being able to get a job in it because I didn't have a degree in it, but I did like it. And I do still, I just made two different things for friends this week, but I also, now that I'm friends with graphic designers and they even knew that I had that hang up, like one of my friends who I love very much and just had a baby, Annie, I love you. It was her birthday like seven days ago, but. Oh, happy birthday, she, Annie. <laughs> and welcome to the baby. Designer. <laughs> yeah. She's an amazing graphic designer. And one time she showed me and she went to a school that was kind of, she felt like people when she got into the workforce would look down on her because she finished from this like the phoenix arizona uh, phoenix university of art schools and they kind of thought that the art the classes that she did take weren't good enough for her to still and she has the piece of paper that made her better than me and she still had people <sighs> at work telling her that her art degree wasn't good enough that's but then crazy. she also would show me like hey look at this girl that I met that's trying to get a job and has a degree in graphic design and people were literally making stuff that looked and I'm saying like not and I was saying this at the time it's like it wasn't conceptually that it looked like it was made in Microsoft Paint it was that <laughs> this person thought that this is what this was it was like this wasn't intentional so you can go to all the school in the world and have a garbage eye or yes. not be able to pick colors that go together or any of that stuff and then try to say that because you have a piece of paper you're better than even that sounds like someone especially with poetry the idea that you would think that your piece of paper makes you a better poet it's like you're clearly upset at everyone that was blowing you out of the fucking 
fucking water with real experiences in every class that you paid to take. Oh, he had a huge problem with the fact that my major was art history. Like... Because also, why? <laughs> what does that mean? Because what is because that? art is history that is useless. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. I like poetry. I sometimes write poetry, but I cannot yeah. stand poetry people because yeah. of this no, attitude. It. That is the ad- Like, I don't want to hang out <laughs> with you. I don't want to go to your thing. Like, I, I can't with the no, attitude. No, you're right. Because... I have also written, um, I don't know what they are, but like broken, deconstructed stories that I guess people would maybe call poetry, but I really reserve that term for them. But I've gone to like open readings like that where I'm very nervous to do this very real, you know, raw poem about something that's embarrassing and then the guy before me just screams for 10 minutes and everyone like <laughs> and are just oh. earnestly listening to oh. a grown man. And I was just like no. looking around, waiting for everyone to break from him literally being like, I'm going to try to back up for them. I could do it. But like, ah, 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 and I'm sitting there waiting for it to turn oh. into anything. And that's who and Jordan doesn't. went on a date with. Yeah. That, that was no the idea guy. you also met him. Oh, my gosh. And he oh crushed that night. And I was like, what's going on? Which, like, but it's yeah, like, yeah, it's... the idea that you would see something like that and try to look down on anyone. It's like, this is clearly mad open to interpretation. This is not the place oh, to be yeah. a stickler for okay. logistics. What? I want to, Jordan, I know we're like, we're kind of getting off topic a little bit, but I want to bring it back to sort simple. And I was wondering if you wanted to talk at all about, he has this like culture hustle group that you can be a part of. Do you know what I'm talking uh, I about? I think that that is a thing. It might be a different thing than what I was planning on talking about. Um, so first, I wanted to show you guys two things because they're very... Uh, one is interesting. One is hilarious. Okay, so this... I found somebody posted uh, all the different kinds of black paint that you can get. And they included black 2.0 and oh, black yeah. 3.0, which are both simple... So you can wow, see the beautiful the difference between just yes. a normal acrylic black and then these two. Um and he actually Simple actually worked with uh with makeup artists, people who make who make makeup um to get the mattifying mm. gels and technology for these two pigments. Um and I will share that on I our Instagram. I feel like Instagram. even the way he comes, I feel like the way he comes about them proves so much what he put in that well-worded blog post about using everyone at his disposal. Like I'm yes. not above asking anyone for help or knowledge in their level, in their area of expertise to make the common goal of just like a new badass color. Exactly. Like working with I feel like people. He's, it's a collaborative mindset. I feel like he's, 
yeah, I feel like he's trolling a niche while also subtly trying to show him how he could be better. Oh, like, yeah, even no. with all of the calls of his like full name on his site, it's like <laughs> the idea that eventually he would go to it and just see how he could what he could be doing with Vanta Black right now. And he's not. Like how many colors has simple you know what I mean, figured out and yeah. broke new ground with since he's ha held on to this one propriety that he still yeah. can't do anything with. No, absolutely. And and Simple has such a beautiful mindset on creating things because, yeah, he's working with people who make makeup and that's considered, I mean, like, I was just watching a bunch of videos about the history of makeup and uh, how people just have constantly and throughout history looked down on makeup as a thing and he's working mm. with them and like no this is an artistic endeavor and I'm including you in this like that's I think that that's important well I think yeah. when you start to think outside the box is when you can find beautiful and unique solutions like like yes. I was talking about my stepdad earlier when I was a kid and I had to build something or I wanted to make something, I'd like walk down in my stepdad's wood shop and I'd be like, this is the thing I want to make. And he'd like do a thing where he looks at it. And he goes, hmm, for like a long time. And then yeah. we just like, well, you could do this and we could do that. And it's like his knowledge as a builder and as a craftsman was so broad that even though sometimes like even afterwards when I had my full art degree and had been you know talking to professional artists I would still ask my stepdad for his opinion because like he just knows how to build things as a craftsman in a completely different way so like yeah. why not ask this dude <laughs> you know like no absolutely and that's kind of where we've lost the I've been saying lost the plot a lot lately um but it is it's kind of where we mm -hmm. lost the plot on on craftsmen and artisans and you know we've removed sculpture from where it used to be where you could also like build a house with that knowledge and now it's like nope you've got this one specific outlook like it's I think it ties back to the de-skilling of workers and the industrial revolution because once you hit that point you have people who are focusing to get the Henry Ford, uh, uh, what's the word? The assembly line and that's yes. just like efficiency? Yes, yeah. the mm -hmm. assembly line. Because now instead of a person who can build an entire car in the Henry Ford model, uh, they're focusing on this one person adds the nuts to this and this one person tightens the tires here and this one mm -hmm. person does the single stitch on this one part every time and that's all they do. And so it's just right. removing the breadth of knowledge and making it into this capitalistic like one well, skill set. Well, that's what I was thinking, Andre, about what you were saying about your stepdad is, yeah, his brain may have been trained to kind of omit some of those other options if he had just gone to some classic or more traditional engineering, building, crafting, whatever school. You know what I mean? Like there are certain Mo things that 
I feel like we have learned and that's the way you do it. And yeah. that's just people stop questioning. And that's why it seems so weird, Jordan, that that guy was trying to be very or like traditionally educationally rigid about something as free form as poetry. It's like, so you go to school <laughs> and what format are you learning other than iambic pentameter and all these other things that like their words, they should be able to be literally whatever structure they want. Absolutely. And I feel like you could look at the same with thing about building things and build making colors and all that. And it would be like, well, no, I learned how to make paint. So I do it the way that I was taught and not having that structure in your brain could obviously just open things up to, cause you just don't have, it's limitless. Cause that was never put there. That, that structure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I love this timeline that I'm showing you guys and I, uh, it's from the product page for black 3.0, which is simple's newest, uh, a color that he released uh, but, but he's got this little timeline so Anish Kapoor gets rights to the blackest substance ever made all other artists turned away Kapoor gets his hand on pinkest pink uh, Stuart Semple teams up with a thousand artists to make black 2.0 mm. bloke falls down Kapoor's black hole so he includes that guy falling oh that's really funny that's really so hilarious funny. I love that. Oh, my God. I just love it's It's my favorite thing. So it's a part of the timeline. It is absolutely a part of the timeline. So I wanted to talk about two other because Simple is so that's kind of where I'm going to leave it with the Kapoor stuff, uh, because Simple is an artist in and of itself. He is a conceptual and um, I would say activist artist. Um so I wanted to talk about two of his pieces and then let me, I'm going to pull up the t-shirt that he made and I'm actually going to read his post about this t-shirt before I show you guys. Um, so this is from Stuart Semple. In the USA, gay men are not allowed to give blood. We took blood from gay employees at Mother New York and created blood-based ink then printed it on t-shirts for World <laughs> Blood Donor Day. Sexuality is not a risk factor. Stigma is. So okay, I he fucking created love this, dude. this t-shirt. And the shirt says, this shirt is printed with the blood of gay men. So wow. he is an activist. And he is constantly pushing the envelope on how to approach these different issues. Um, so I just, I just think that that is such an interesting way to approach. That's fucking metal. That's the most yeah. metal shit I've heard <laughs> since my priest in Catholic church told me that we were cannibals because we actually believe we eat the body of Christ. So that's metal as fuck. What? <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> he was an alcoholic with a peg leg. So it's actually, it's extra funny. Okay, first off, Andrea, that was a pirate that broke into your church. That's different. <laughs> what? Uh, um, so the other thing that I want to show you guys, and I have to do just a very quick uh, background for it. Um, so in the UK, the Tories 
had a campaign called Rethink, Reskill, Reboot. Um, and it was advertising cybersecurity jobs. So going back to what are school Tories? to... Uh, they're like the Republicans of the UK. Fucking like they bastards. don't believe. Okay. Yeah, they don't believe in any kind of uh, public aid. They're very against mental health. They're just it's oh, so it's brutal. Yeah, they're the Margaret Thatcher's OG. Yes. So homies. they released this ad. Uh, Fatima's next job could be in cyber. She just doesn't know it yet, and it shows a ballerina. Now, they're also this this uh, political group has defunded art classes. They've defunded, um, you know, the arts in schools. They're very against like just just joy, anything, happiness, yeah. basic needs. So this was part of a larger ad campaign, but people lost their shit about this ad mm. and Stuart Semple uh, was one of those people, which we love it when Stuart Semple gets involved because he's always going to do the fucking most. Uh, so he opened the Artist Job Center where you could go down and get uh, better skills for your artist job because the whole thing was like, uh. oh, you might be an artist, but you could work in cybersecurity. That would be better. Right. So right. he opens an installation and he actually he sat there and he was working there and there was a line out the door like and he starts Aww. releasing the artistic license. Uh, so it's a, yes. a license oh you gosh. can get. It's a wallet size. Uh, by carrying this license, you are entitled to carry out acts of artistic license with peace and no disturbance from any authorities. Uh, so... <laughs> And it's anyone can apply. Fantastic. Anyone can get it. You just send in a thing and apply for it. Um, and part of this thing that he did was uh, art is over unless we fight it. So he's working hmm. on getting these things, you know, into the public eye. And he released a series of prints uh, where art is over, eat crisps. Like, it's just it's. He's so fucking funny. I I want a shirt that says eat crisps. Yeah, me too. Oh, here. Wait. I, I am can... pro crisps. Let me find it because I know that it exists. He's very big on making oh t-shirts. Goodness. I love him so much. I love this guy. So wait. Um. So was he kind of... In a yoyoy kind of place before he got mad at a niche where he was just doing random fun stuff. Just that last thing reminded me of her uh, gay marriage piece that we you talked about a little bit. But was he just finding different things that would kind of set him off and just doing whatever individual idea? Because I don't know all of um, these things. The paint kind of turned into its own thing, but yeah, they're all kind of different. So uh, the I I did have to say that it's art is poverty, not art is over. Uh, but it's it's all written. I'll yeah. post it. Um, yeah. So he he has done installation work and also uh, paintings. 
So he's got okay. his paintings are more of like a honestly they're more of like if Banksy used color. Um, okay. Let me find because it's. But will he do them in a similar way? Does he do them outside and stuff too? No, or does he do them? He does. You can't he really does see them. some outside. Um, let me pull up Ooh. the. But I was just trying to it. see if he popped up. Was he an artist that only awesome, more niche artists knew about before a niche or? Or did people know him already as a badass kind of conceptual artist before that? And this was just one of his more widely known, you know, beefs. You know, <laughs> I'm not really sure, actually, because I only found him okay. because of um, his work in making pigments. Because I was, I've, I'm right. really into making my own paint and it's very fun mm. to me. But so he does this very like, he, it's, it includes texts. It's all very bright colors um banks with banksy with color was a very good description yeah so it's got this very like uh modern collage feel to it it's almost yeah it's like a banksy warhol blender of yes it reminds me his his painted works remind me of um of zines from the 70s in the uk like they have but they're but his are very colorful Whereas those were, you know, photocopied until they didn't look like Xerox, right? Exactly, and so his work—it really does look like if you me. colorized one of those two, like the original. Yeah, like the uh, the uh, never mind the bollocks. That's kind of the vibe of his work. Although there is this one called, uh, I think it's called "I'm Fine" or something. Um, <laughs> let me... Let me pull it up. I can't wait uh, to see. So this one is <laughs> just from title. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, that's just funny. like a happy face stuck into uh, mush. Yeah, between two buildings. Like that's very so. Funny. He's. I think he's just he's a fun guy who is very smart, yeah. and he's also kind and genuine in a way that mm. I don't think we see a lot of. I mean, I love the idea. That that he is pairing hateration with activism Mm -hmm. where like you sort of know his point of view like you know that he's like hey i think people are people i believe that materials should be accessible to everyone i'm going to collaborate with a wide variety of people because i believe that art at its core is collaborative and communal i mean i think that he shares beliefs that a lot of us as artists have so i really like that a lot i feel like he finds a really cool way to put into action a lot of what people say and so that comes off as such like i don't know it seems like even the t-shirt everything seems (laughs) like not a grand gesture in a bad way i mean in a good way of like he actually with all of his pieces of art is putting into effect the stuff that people talk shit about every day yes yeah and but in really powerful in terms of just wearing blood on your (laughs) shirt and the contact that people have with your shirt and the contact that your shirt comes in with everything else and it just saying that this is what you're touching right now if you're okay with me i was okay with this like just exposing the contact that way 
is I don't know. It's I don't. It speaks. I feel like he gets to speak very matter of factly about the things and doesn't have to put a lot of words or like. Like I said before, he spoke very plainly in that blog post because his actions speak so loudly, you know? Yeah. Like he somehow seems to manage to not sound mad because all of the intensity yeah. goes into the art. And so he just gets to say it and sound like an awesome guy. And all the stuff he does is just so badass that it's like, oh, fuck, that's what gets all of the like heat. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. No, like, no, no. That absolutely makes comes sense. Out, I love it. No, because he just seems like such a chill guy who's just like, no, this is the thing I believe in and I'm just going to do it. Yes. And it seems like the art allows him to let it go that way where he's like, I'm not mad about it anymore. I'm just letting you know on my website what a douche this guy is for art. But like, I'm fine because I worked with a thousand artists to make something better. Like it is the ultimate yeah. flex. <laughs> it's I also I mean genius marketing too right because like if Stuart Semple Dude. was like I started uh an art brand you'd be like fuck you who cares but if he's like <laughs> I think this dude fucking sucks we're like we fucking agree fuck that guy right. let me give me give me <laughs> a listen to that mixtape what's pink as pink got to right. say I want to know that's what I feel like his talent naturally made a brand on itself. He didn't have to think about, ooh, what could this be? Does this have legs? He was like, no, I think of individual ideas so badass that they're just naturally built for this. Yeah. Okay. I have a question to each of yeah. you. What more famous artist slash comedian are you prepared to start an art beef with in order to <laughs> propel yourself to success? Oh my gosh, so funny. Oh, that's um, a... <laughs> I don't know. I would take... I would jokingly take on Nathan from Nathan for you. Ooh, that would be so funny to see. I would and love I to see And I say it because that. I feel like that would literally help me grow because his brain, he thinks so many steps ahead that like attempting that, I would definitely lose, but I would challenge myself to be that good that is yeah. that's the person I would he would play us. 5d comedy chess with you exactly <laughs> i wouldn't even know i would think that i knew i was reacting to the prank well and it would be something totally different you know what i mean absolutely oh. see and i i misread your question because I was like I would fist fight Jackson Pollock I think I'd win that one. Oh my god Jordan <laughs> okay I Jordan immediately went to who would she break a bar stool over their back like that's not what the question was Jordan here's the thing though is I think it, I think Jordan could win because Jackson Pollock is mostly drunk now will he, that give him like drunk guy powers where like he doesn't feel pain for a while absolutely oh yeah but I believe in Jordan pretty strongly and her ability to fist fight a man <laughs> I want to see what Jackson Pollock's reach is. I haven't seen his boxing stats, but I do support Jordan in this. You've fight. seen him throw paint, Katrina. He's got solid reach, okay? Yeah, no, I've had to he watch so many reach. videos of him being like, I use the stick and this is how but I do this. But he's messy. His connection he's percentage very... would be like 20%. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think I, I, would think have I to could start. fight. <laughs> I believe in you so strongly, Jordan. 
Who would you respectfully fake beef with, Jordan? Oh, um... God, I don't even... I can see Jordan doing a deep cut beef where like she doesn't explain what the beef is and she's just like, you know what? I've had something to say about this artist for a really long time and I'm done and all this stuff. And then the last video is just her crying while she talks about how much she appreciates their art and what it did for her. It's, it's like that or fist fighting. Those yeah. are the two <gasps> instead levels of a of diss Jordan tape. It's just a sad tape. Respect. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. I just it's I either have... she loves you so much she weeps or she fights you. <laughs> no, that's it. exactly what it is. Because I'm like, okay, well, who's a contemporary artist? You know who I could not respectfully beef with uh, because it would be mm. disrespectful is Damien Hirsch. Hirst. Ooh. It would not be respectful. It would not come from mutual uh, respect. It would just be me going, you fucking asshole. I like your mirrors, but shut the fuck up. I mean, I feel similarly about Damien Hirst. I think he like, I think like his shark in a tank shit was kind of cool. I was like, that's kind of neat. And the skull with the diamonds. Okay. Like conceptually cool. And then he's like, I made spin paintings like everyone did in kindergarten class and sold them (laughs) for too much money. It's like, go fuck yourself a little bit. Yeah. No, I like (laughs) a little bit. His gold mirrors, uh, I think are really fun and interesting. And I like taking uh, museum selfies in them. Because also, you guys, if you're in a museum and there's an antique mirror or any mirror, really, that's part of an art exhibit, take a fucking picture in it. Like, just do it. You're going to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I have I have this photo with my best friend. And we're standing in front of an art, like a, an antique. I think it was, uh, it might have been Rococo, um, but it was just an old ass mirror. And I love it. Every year on her birthday, I post it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, you can mirror anything, you, any sheet of glass. If you have a any type of glass, stained glass, whatever, you can mirror it. It's really easy. You can just buy a kit. I've done it before. So, oh, fun anyone fact, can make a gold uh, mirror. Stuart Semple sells the mirroriest mirror paint. So Ooh, if you want to get that, beautiful. It's on Culture Hustle, you guys. <laughs> this oh, whole okay. episode is just an ad for culture hustle we it truly is because i only used his website <laughs> like i just read everything he wrote about this on his website well, he's he's great with words like there's a simple temple you think i don't want to get in on that get out of here like he's just too oh, it's too light-hearted and well-worded <laughs> i wanted to uh to business finance bro circle back to what you had asked earlier oh. about if we yeah. were going to talk about uh, the culture hustle. What did you call it? So a few, <laughs> this was a couple years ago, but he had this thing for a while where it was like, when I read it, I thought it was like a, like a scholarship or like a thing where like you learn stuff. And so I signed okay. up for it and then he wanted money from me and <laughs> it wasn't really clear what the product was. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. It sounded like it was supposed to be like art artist business like tips <laughs> or whatever. And I was just like, sure, I'll get some artist business tips from a dude who made an art business. And then it sounded kind of like scammy a little bit to me. So I was like, uh, I don't really want to be a part of this. I don't know. He asked me for money and I was like, no, I don't want that. So I was wondering if you had looked into it at all because it's been a couple years and I don't think it even exists in the way 
that I thought it existed, if that makes sense. Yeah, I have no idea. Katrina, is this what you were, the, the Semple Temple? Is this what you were talking about? Because I just pulled up the Temple of Semple. Uh, there's three. Okay, so it does sound like something that you probably would join for money because there's three pillars. Yeah. It sounds culty. I'm all it gathering. Sounds super culty. Mm, I'm yes. here. Well, as a former cult podcast member, I'm very suspicious of anything with tiers that you have to join. I was but a, also, yes, that's what I'm at looking at too, Andrea. It kind website. of looks. <laughs> it's absolutely it supposed does. to. Oh, I got uh, 11% off to support my work. <laughs> no, it does look like a little EDM Charles Manson-y. In terms of like, <laughs> just because there's just war- like the divine gifts of beta, pull aside the sacred curtain and see with your own eyes what's hatching next in the lab. So I Which, think that's just you paying to get exclusive first looks at art, but he just put it in this like really creepy kind of way <laughs> because they're making it the temple of simple. I yeah. think that it's his version of his Patreon is that you, because from what I can see, it's like because he spends so much time making art materials and he's yep. it's such a collaborative system and i i bet that if you join the uh beta tower it is you get beta testing access because he does send out the product before it's available to purchase to beta testers to give like feedback yeah because the gathering is magical new art materials placed in your hands for your devotion okay which i can see why given andrea's past (laughs) that set off some alarms for her i'm always (laughs) very suspicious if you look at the video it's him in front of an altar with like dark light and weird symbols and two candles and i'm just like "Uh, i don't know about this this little anime hair yeah I love him. He's Naruto so running into the future with this. Oh cult my god, business. he is though. Okay, but I'm so oh, glad yeah. that we have the same impulse because in the Anish Kapoor episode, when you said that he was part of a commune, my brain, I didn't hear the rest of what you had said. I just heard commune and I was like, oh, something bad happens. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've had so commune many people- to cult. <laughs> Communes rarely end well from the 70s and 80s. Is that what you're trying to say? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I am so naturally suspicious of groups and groupthink that I legitimately oh, yeah. would not go to sororities or fraternities when I was in college. I was like, I don't know about this shit. I don't know what y'all are up to. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I don't like so it. Funny. But yeah, that's Stuart Semple. Whenever more than three uh, people gather, Andrea doesn't like it. Yeah, that's why I haven't gotten she COVID She gets kind yet. of paranoid when we get on to record. We have to kind of calm her down. I'm in bed by nine every night, and I've been invited to no parties. Hell yeah. <laughs> Bet you guys are jealous I don't have COVID. Andrea thinks every party is an ambush. She's like, nice try. <laughs> I'm on to you. It's like, what? It was a birthday. Okay. A lot of me hanging out with people is just like, I'm fun, right, guys? (laughs) So, I don't know. It's going Uh, great. No, you're fun, Andrea. 
You're um, very fun. But thank you so much for that, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I hope you fun. guys don't mind that that one was a little looser. I just wanted to no. kind of talk about Stuart's, <laughs> Stuart and uh, all of his uh, weird shit that he does. I like uh, <laughs> Yeah, also, I didn't realize that we were talking about two different Stewarts. Sorry, I went old school with my Stewart. I got to figure out this farm Stewart you guys are talking about. Oh, it's a letter. Oh. Ken- it's just letter Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know the other Stewart that I'm talking about, Jordan? No. no. You guys. Thank you. Andrea, are you haunted? That's What's Stuart? happening? <laughs> There's a. Six- Jordan doesn't know. I can't remember the we'll actor's name. We'll send it to you after. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He's like God, six foot five. So funny that you don't know what... Jordan, that was the perfect reaction to you not knowing what that was. Was you saying, are you being haunted? Yes. Oh, my God. So Michael James McDonald on Mad TV did a character named Stuart that is very hard and dorky to explain so I will send you a video okay but that's who I kept thinking of every time you said Stuart it's a man the size of Will Ferrell pretending to be a child and just a child (laughs) acting out but he's fully a man and so like his mother (laughs) is constantly like dating a man and he'll act out and like you know, do little boy. And he things. has like overly rosy cheeks and speaks in a hushed falsetto. That does sound like, really familiar. Stop. <laughs> I want to do it. People, you couldn't for like my entire, what, 10th grade year? No yeah. one could show anyone how to do anything because you were just constantly going, I want to do it. Stop. Like you yeah. couldn't, no one learned anything. Yeah. We were just in a bit for the whole year. Um, but yeah, that will, I'll explain myself better afterwards. But that was so fantastic. Thank you so much, Jordan. Yeah. Oh. That was great. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another uh, fantastically educational and mildly loose episode of Pavant Guard. Um, <laughs> if you like us as a podcast and want to catch the next episode, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at P-O-D-V-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E. And then it's also where you can find our Facebook group and um, there will be a link to our Patreon of the same name in the episode description. Hell yeah, dude. And if you like me as a person, uh, I'm Katrina. Uh, You can follow me at Katrina Savad, S-I-V-A-D, at uh, all of the things. And yeah. (laughs) And if you guys want to send us... I guess art supplies or <laughs> art beef rap CDs that you have created about artists that you hate. Um, you can send those <laughs> to us in their physical form at our PO box, which is one zero zero one Fremont Avenue, number three sixty six, South Pasadena, California nine one zero three one. Oh, and if you if you like me as a person and you want to follow my continuing art beef with Lisa Frank, you can check me out on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta, um, my website, andreagazetta.com, or check out my own Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Andrea Gazetta. We love it. Uh, <laughs> 
I am only on Instagram, and I'm not sure how much longer that itself will last, but you can find me at the Goonie Bird or at Goonie Bird Crafts, uh, and also my Etsy, where I sell random stuff, and you can get a, a portrait commission if you'd like, you know, uh, too many eyes or not enough eyes or, I don't know. Great glasses like, chains. Yeah, or so glasses chains. Um, yeah, if you want like extra teeth and stuff, hit up my Etsy. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> just yeah. random human teeth that you can borrow or take. <laughs> no one can borrow my human borrow? teeth. Do you have a library? Do you have a Dewey Decimal <laughs> System for your teeth, Jordan? Are you loan? Are you lending them out? <laughs> so I have a very uh, weird family. And A, my mom has all of our baby teeth somewhere. She's been promising to get those to me at some point so that I can do something with them. She has not elaborated. Uh, And then also my dad has bags of his own teeth. Uh, They've been like... Bags? uh, They they Like I'm imagining a trash bag full of teeth. No, no, no. They autoclave them. I didn't like them. when they started putting milk in bags. <laughs> <laughs> they they autoclave them at the dentist. So he has these little bags that have like four or five teeth in them uh, at a time. And oh he's got a God. few bags of them because he's got all new wow. teeth. Okay. Uh, he looks like 10 years younger. It's great. His new teeth are fantastic. Oh, so it's literally um, all of them. But That's it's, why. Okay. Yeah, it's like his teeth. And I have been asking for some of those teeth because I had to go to his dentist and get them for him and he hasn't decided what he's doing with them yet but I just I think that I would like a ring or something and then also Keith uh, has promised that if I have no involvement in the loss of a tooth that he loses then I can have it but I cannot be involved in it (laughs) going missing that's so funny i love that he, he felt like he needed to trust you. Add that yeah because <laughs> he doesn't trust you to try to like make a tooth happen on your own yeah exactly <laughs> like he wakes up one morning and jordan is like tying a string that she's attached to a doorknob to his tooth exactly <laughs> what i was picturing <laughs> thank you all for listening to another episode of Pavant Guard, and we love you. We love, we love you. you. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, Andrea here. Um, I'm asking for your help a little bit today. Because Jordan, Katrina, and I are all comedians and artists who don't have any experience editing sound, and because this is a sound-based medium, we have asked an editor to help us with our episodes. Um, We had a few issues early on with some of the early recordings, and we're working on getting those sorted out. Um, And part of that is just having an audio engineer. So in order to be able to actually pay him and pay him a fair rate, uh, we're asking for your help. We've set up a Patreon, patreon.com slash podvantgard. And our goal is that we can pay him not from our own pockets, but from the resources of the show itself, which means we need your help. Um, 
We're also planning on starting to release bonus episodes. We'll start with one a month. Um, and as that Patreon rate increases, we'd like to eventually expand that to a bonus episode every week. And the bonus episodes will be more, um, a little bit more loose fit. We'll be covering art uh like current events and weird things that happen because there's a lot of like weird stuff going on in the art world right now um especially around nfts especially around ai and i think it's really interesting and worth talking about but we just need to be able to pay someone to edit that bonus content um i would also say that in terms of the time cost you know katrina jordan and i all are supporting ourselves outside of this show this show takes a lot of time i'm probably spending at least three days a week with every episode just researching we're buying books um katrina's editing the time codes she's building our website she's doing all our social media jordan is also researching her own episodes and my goal for the patreon is just that it can become something that you know we're not looking to get rich i don't think that's ever been our goal i don't think we ever think that could be our goal but what i'd like to be able to happen eventually is that the patreon can become a way for us to just pay ourselves a living wage for the time that we invest into this show. My experience uh, with Cult Podcast um, is that it's really hard to make a show every single week and not have other financial resources. So what I want is that this Patreon can eventually become a financial resource for us. It can help us support ourselves and it can help us to continue putting the show out so that we don't get burnt out and want to pull our hair out. Um, we love you so much and we think that the show is really important. I personally think that we need more podcasts that cover history and art history from a feminist, anti-colonial queer perspective and that's where we're coming from as artists and as art historians and comedians we love you we love this show thank you so much for supporting it that's again at patreon.com slash and thanks guys <laughs>